0: Get the jet ready. We're going to Vegas.
1: Welcome to Pod at the Montecito, the world's premier podcast discussing the hit NBC television show Las Vegas. I'm one of your hosts, Judson Clark,
0: and I'm your other host, Eddie McCarthy. Judson, what's good, my man?
1: I gotta tell you, a number one. This episode of Las
0: Vegas has zero instances of Danny McCoy hurling. Uh that's that's a good thing. We had I I really thought we were out of the woods on the last episode once the uh, the last song hit, but producer snuck in that last little uh, heave, which I I didn't personally enjoy, but. I get the bit. I, I think it's uh, it was probably received to mixed results, if I had to guess. Might be generous. Well, I mean, you, you think there are some folks out there that really love that gag? All we, need is,
1: all we need is one who found it funny and their mixed results. I mean, technically, I guess that is true. And is it technically how we live our lives on this podcast?
0: Lord knows it.
1: Well, shall we just get straight into it then? Let's do it. It's season three, episode 17, Cowboy Ugly, Mm, semicolon, Lyle and Substance. There it is. We start with a lovely, I'm going to say spring day. This came out in March of 06, and it looks like it's spring in Vegas. And we pan down to the Montecito where Mike is briefing some big callers about a guy who got a line of credit, took out a marker, lost his ass, and then closed his bank account, which... Pretty good. Pretty smart. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I've heard worse plays. I was like, I took notes on that. I was like, oh, idea for our other podcast. (laughs) You could just do that and go away and be
0: fine. Crime scene, scene of the crime.
1: After the huddle breaks, a man named Lyle Nubbin approaches him. He's played by Joel McKinnon Miller, who we all know as the security lackey from the 60s era episode earlier this season. But I think. The world now mostly knows him from Brooklyn
0: Nine-Nine. Sure. It, it was nice to see that Scully did well enough in the throwback episode to get himself another one shot, again, still in the security field.
1: And in the title, which is shocking when you consider how little
0: screen time he actually has this episode. Yeah, the title does not really fit with the, uh, the episode as a whole this time around. It's on the tip of my
1: tongue. And as soon as you say it, I'm going to be so pissed that I'm probably going to pay the producer to cut it out. Is it I mean, is it anything more than style versus substance? Is there any other wordplay here?
0: I, I think it's I think that's what they're going for.
1: I, I spent far too long trying to be like like I was thinking like lie from Fight Club makes bombs. Like, is there some like like what are we going? Like, is there another angle here? But I guess, I guess not. Sometimes it's just what it says on the tin. Sometimes the very minor wordplay is all you need. Uh, Fair enough. Lyle shows up. He's moved to Vegas from a small town in Ohio where Mike's cousin, Xavier, who runs a school for gifted children, (laughs) told him to look Mike up if he ever came to Vegas and wanted a job in security.
0: Kind of fucked up because it does not seem like Mike and X are all that tight. Like, it doesn't seem like they've seen each other for years And I mean, I have cousins that I haven't seen in probably a decade. I'm not telling somebody that I know that, hey, if you go to this town, they'll definitely hook you up with a gig.
1: And also one that requires, you know, some modicum of training or has at least a set of skills that is not necessarily suited to everyone. Sure. Where Lyle ends up at the end of the episode is where he belongs. working big collar for the crown jewel of the strip. Probably not.
0: Yeah, got to spend a little time in the minor leagues out in Vegas first.
1: If nothing else, because you don't want to go and get shelled. I mean, you throw him straight in the Montecito. He gets his ass handed to him. He's out of the industry. No
0: one's going to hire him. I thought you were worried he was going to get shelled because he'd be working under Danny McCoy. And that tends to happen from time to time.
1: Danny hasn't gotten a Marine killed since his cot buddy left. So I think we're OK for now.
0: Ah, uh, We haven't heard from Gunny since he shipped back out. So who knows?
1: That's fair. Perhaps he's gone to the Detective Perez in the sky.
0: Excellent trill. Thank you. Danny, hazme yeah. caso.
1: Unfortunately for Lyle, Mike is either unable or unwilling to give him a gig, but does agree to autograph and hand over a copy of the bolo he just distributed to the big collars,
0: which seems wildly reckless to me. Hey, Lyle knows he's got he's trying to show he knows a little bit about the security game. He realizes If he's got this Montecito security printout that he's not supposed to have, people are going to think that's fucking weird. But I'm uh, uh, Mike Cannon signed it. I'm good. It's not my fault. I'm 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 supposed to have this.
1: My issue's not with Lyle. A plus. That's exactly what he should have done. Dressing for the job he wants. He's like, let me prove myself covering his own ass. My beef is with Mike, who's like, yeah, good point. You shouldn't have that and take it back. Not yes, I'll John Hancock it for you.
0: What the fuck? I mean, he's got extra copies. What's, hey, you get one more pair of eyes out there in the world on the guy that just snaked you for 14K. Uh, you know, what's, what's the worst that happens? Foreshadowing happens when clues in a story hint at future events. We go back to security and Danny's reading newspapers or something. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be paying that much attention but somehow Spidey senses a chip get stolen that he was not watching the screen to see tells Mitch to back that on up a couple 15 seconds because the tingle hasn't gone away yet. And lo and behold, he sees a dude just very casually snipe a chip off of his neighbor at a blackjack table.
1: I loved how Mitch played this as it Mitch Sasson, the actor because the shame on his face of being like, wow, I was looking at the screens that didn't catch this and here Danny boy's flipping through a file folder and catches it in his periphery yeah that Mitch wants he's he doesn't have a quip he's not got you just like be think small be so tiny that no one sees that you're here
0: An extremely sheepish rewind out of our boy Mitch here like well, I'll hit back 15 twice so then I'm gonna go wait, grab myself a coffee so I don't have to be here when you buff the actual criminal. Uh, yeah, you watch that. I'm watching this other screen that I was very diligently watching the whole time because there was somebody shady looking. Cut to underneath the
1: desk where he's jerking into bed pillow footage. It's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, Mitch, we know what you're doing.
0: The man's consistent. A man got to have a coat. Danny goes to the floor, saves Mike with a phone call from dealing with Scully anymore. And they're going to do a little pincer move on our thief here. Didn't really need to. He was pretty easy catch but they grab him chuck him in a back room and say yeah hang out we're calling the cops we don't care and the guy says well I mean what if just saying i had some pretty good information that y'all might want would you let me go doesn't work obviously but the guys indulge him enough to say alright spill it what do you got and he says well i'm just saying this is really good shit you tell me i can go free i'll tell you what i want danny gets just about to where he's ready to punch him and the guy goes okay fine 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 thing is, I heard a guy get told from another guy that a guy is going to blow up the Montecito on Thursday.
1: I like that they weren't going to take him seriously until he dropped the it's going to happen on Thursday. And that triggers the interrogation continuing after the credits.
0: Yeah. Had it been just like somebody someday is going to blow up the Montecito, they'd have been like, yeah, all right, bud, cool. We've done that plot like four times already. One of them, we actually did blow it up.
1: Right. And that might have been a Thursday. Did we go back and check the calendar? <laughs> Can't say that we did. Interestingly, this guy does not know what day of the week Thursday is. So a guy tells you, another guy told him he's going to blow up the Montecito
0: tomorrow. Is tomorrow Thursday?
1: Yeah. That's the end of the
0: interrogation for me. I don't have a problem with that scene. One, because obviously we, we know we're in the time vortex. But you and I have both in, been in Vegas at times and not... Been all that particularly sure what day it was.
1: Yeah, but we were drunk, not stone cold sober, able to steal chips, but also not know what day it is and have time sensitive Homeland Security relevant intel.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess that's a fair demarcation between our situation and his. And it's
1: also relevant because while he doesn't know anything about the bomber other than he's, quote, kind of Arab looking, he tells the guys, look, If you don't believe me, check the tapes for me at Blackjack table at 1 a.m. on a Monday. You'll see that you'll see that I'm telling the truth. Guy doesn't know that today's Wednesday. All of a sudden, he now knows when 1 a.m. Wednesday is. And not to be pedantic, but to be realistic. If you're asking a guy in Vegas about 1 a.m. Monday, you need to clarify. Was it one hour into Monday or was it 25 hours into Monday and you hadn't gone to sleep yet? Those are two very different things.
0: That's true. I, as, as you well know, my own personal method of keeping time is the day doesn't change over until I go to sleep. So Monday 1 a.m. could mean very different things for very different people.
1: Monday 1 a.m. for you is Tuesday 1 a.m. And I think this guy is of the same cut from the same cloth, let's say.
0: I, I like to think my shirts are a lot better than this guy's. So not the literal cloth, but fair. I mean, some
1: are some art.
0: Hmm, that's hurtful.
1: I, you've got a great shirt game, but you know, like Icarus, sometimes you fly too close to the sun. They can't all be winners. You're not wrong.
0: But Judson, you know what's always a winner? Gunther! Gunther's back! And ooh, baby, he is not pleased because not only is all he's here Wolfgang, 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 he's in his own damn restaurant and Wolfgang's got a giant stand up. The man's territory is being encroached upon, Judson.
1: Not only that, but Gunther says, look, I'm a real cook. This fucker Wolfgang hadn't cooked a meal in 14 years. He's just a fucking sham celebrity chef. This is bullshit. So here's the deal, Dolinda. Either one, give me his ad spend, or two,
0: let me pork you. Frankly, I prefer the latter. Delinda thinks he's right. Sadly, it's for the former, not the latter when it comes to Gunther. So she says, nah, you do need some more. I I'll be back.
1: She's got that look about her that suggests the gears are turning. There's a there's a plan afoot, and it probably involves color-coordinated file folders.
0: Some some shenanigans are about to come home to roost, and honestly, I'm just glad to see Gunther back. It's been so long.
1: Arguably too long. Mary's getting a manicure from Polly at the spa when the new Masseuse that she hired walks by, and I think that's a little far removed from mary's normal job you know roles but he's a good looking dude so i think i understand why she made an exception
0: i was gonna say this could be mary taking you know we are well into the new mary new mary wants to, she wants some of her own perks oh you know what the spa needs a new masseuse i'll be trying them out personally
1: i will handle hiring for this why don't you send them all up to my office one at a
0: time spaced 90 minutes apart Preferably with at least their own table, but certainly their own oils.
1: Obviously. I mean, come on. They show up ready to go raw dog. She's like, get the
0: fuck out. What are you even doing? <laughs> you amateur. Get your ass down to the flamingo. Wow. Catching strays. I don't even know why. If anything, I thought like Circus Circus should catch that one. If they even offer massages at Circus Circus, I don't believe it. But if you try and get a massage at Circus Circus... You deserve whatever you get coming.
1: It's actually one of those, uh, you know, like massage styles where, like where they you lay down on the floor and they walk on your back, but they do it with giant clown shoes
0: on. Nice. Strong, strong to quite strong.
1: I was so tickled by that joke. I was really struggling to get it out before
0: I cracked myself up. <laughs> the visual on that's really good because you've got they're using the circus rings. Yeah. And I had to stop looking at you because I was like, I'm going to lose it. I got to get through this joke. Midway through, they tag out and somebody comes in on a trapeze and just goes. Yeah, the bad news is sometimes it's an elephant and you die. Mm.
1: But, you know, again, like you said, if it's offered at Circus Circus and you take it up, like take him up on that, you get what you deserve.
0: Careful when you ask for the heavy pressure.
1: So she's uh, she's chatting him up and he wanders off and. Polly allows us out. He's already getting a reputation, this guy. People are requesting him by name. And poor innocent Mary's like, oh, I mean, he is hot. That makes sense. Polly's like, he's sweet summer child. Uh no, it's because he's providing happy endings to select guests.
0: The the special treatment.
1: Mary is mortified by this. She's like, I'm fucking I need an investigation. I'm gonna, there's gonna be hearings. Polly's like, chill out. All the guests have checked out. So Mary hatches this idea that she's going to send Sam in undercover to find out if it's happening.
0: Yeah, Polly Polly specifies that it is only for, quote unquote, hot chicks. So so Mary's got to limit herself to a hot chick who will do this. And to no one's surprise, she comes up with Sam and Polly just goes, oh, yeah, that'll work.
1: I mean, what not hot chicks does Mary know? Like,
0: who's she going to who's she going to involve? It doesn't seem like there's a large roster for her to pull from.
1: I mean, unless she was going down to the buffet and lassoed up one of the, uh, the people from the Hoover family. I mean, come on. She's good to go.
0: <laughs> Danny, Mike, and Ed are running down the lead, and they're going to see if this thief is right. And so they pull up Monday at 1 a.m. They select the correct Monday, which is good because they see the thief and they see some stoner bro with a hat and sunglasses who they can't ID in any way. But sure enough, the thief also snipes a chip off this dude, too. Ed just wants to hand the guy over to
1: the cops, but Danny's a little bit more insistent because he's seen some vague intel about people blowing up buildings with Vegas as a probable target, and Ed's like, yeah, all right, whatever. But its I feel like it's the chip stealing that seals the deal.
0: Yeah, the... The intel pitch from Danny is not particularly strong. I I think that could be, yeah, any touristy location or big city is a target at all times. Like, you're not, didn't really sell a lot there. But really going out on a limb there, bud. Yeah, good. You, you are able to assess what high priority targets might be. <laughs> good job. But yeah, the second snipe is like, okay, fuck it. This guy, if he's dumb enough to know we would see this, maybe there's something. Meanwhile,
1: Gunther is sitting in an empty mystique with curiously two glasses of white wine on the bar and Delinda approaches him to talk about the idea she's hatched. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm trying to enjoy my alone time here. Can you get out of here? And that's because a blonde comes out from the staff door wearing some two piece lingerie that Gunther has billed as a possible new waitress uniform. Needless to say, a displeased Delinda deems this dastardly dalliance distasteful and dismisses the dummy before turning her attention back to her idea.
0: Strong. In Gunther's defense...
1: I, knew, I is, knew he was going to find an advocate in you.
0: This is not particularly unbelievable for the Montecito. We've had the body paint uniforms. Uh-huh. We, we've seen plenty of scantily clad uniforms. And Gunther's being told, you know, he's not going to get the PR rub... So he's got to do his own work for his own restaurant. Oh, he's going to get a rub, all right. There it is. He's going to go see Travis, the new masseuse.
1: <laughs> does, does Gunther constitute a hot chick? Only Travis can decide. Benito! I think if Gunther wanted to sell this, he needed to have an M or a G or something like embroidered on the, on the outfit somewhere so it would more closely resemble
0: a uniform. Completely agree. There were better ways to make this play happen for you there. But I like where his head's at. He's trying new ideas. You know, he, did, he didn't want to go to the expense of getting the embroidery done until he saw it live and was able to assess whether or not it would work as a uniform. I would say this was
1: he intended this to be a dry run, but we both know that's not true.
0: Hey, oh,
1: the only thing he wanted dry was the white one. Nice. Look, I think it's obvious Delinda agrees with you that this isn't totally preposterous because she very quickly moves on. There's no recriminations. There's no like, she's like, nice try. Anyway,
0: I've got a great idea. It's oh, that Gunther. But anyway, here you go, Gunther. You're going to be in the big lights in a cook off. You versus Wolfgang. Mono E, mono. Gunther not feeling it, not feeling great immediately trying to back out of that yeah d hits him with his own i mean yeah you know it's not fair you cook every day and you said that wolfgang hasn't cooked in 14 years maybe you just think it's too easy when in saunters wolfgang hitting the fucking conor mcgregor strut what's up goof you ready to cook yeah bitch (laughs) bitch.
1: i think it would be fun Having decided to take him seriously, Ed and Danny go talk to Justin, who's still chilling in the back room. And and he says, look, I know I'm not going to skate on the chip thievery, but I've got this big bullshit thing going on right now where I'm on a journey of redemption. And it's got to start with the first step. And I want to the respect of that guy points at the mirror like a real big doucher. And it's like, so come on, man, you got to trust me. And Ed's like, "Okay, let's say that we did any this journey. Does it jog anything in your mind? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before the guy sat down, he wasn't wearing sunglasses. So I might be able to help ID you. Why didn't they see that in the tapes?
0: It does seem like they might have run it back to the entire time that guy was at the table or done the thing that they do every other episode where they follow that person until they can maybe ID them at some point.
1: Yeah, this is so many times where we're getting like only one of the tools being deployed. Uh, And this is a candidate. Yeah, you cannot... Face wreck him, but you could video IQ him and trace his shit backwards. Find out where he came in. Maybe if he's a local, he came in through the fucking, you know, self-park garage. Find what car he got into. Run the plate. We did not need to go to Justin. Justin could be cooling his heels at Metro
0: right now. Yeah, you could have ridded yourself of him easily, but again, the refusal to use the toys that you have gets you every time.
1: But Justin also remembers that this guy mentioned that he had a job handing out flyers outside of Caesars. So maybe he's there right now. Let's go look. And you can only pick one. Which of the following three is the most improbable? That the guy will happen to be out there right now, so let's go look. That he would say, yeah, my job is handing out flyers outside of Caesars, or that anyone would consider that an actual job. Hmm. Like that is at best a gig. Sure, you no disrespect you've, you've, to the people doing it, but like you're not going to be... guy is not on
0: your resume. <laughs> Correct. That is a side hustle at best. Oof, that's a that's a tough least probable of those three. So you got to pick one. We're not we're in a tough business, Ed. The least probable, I think, would be that they would go and find the guy in the same place right then.
1: I, I want to say that, but I think my least probable is that he's going to somehow mention this in the course of being at
0: a blackjack table. See, that I feel like is probably the most probable. I just,
1: I just don't buy it. I don't know. Now we need to get, forget GST. We need to interview a click clack guy on this podcast for the people.
0: I mean, at 4am, I learned all about a Las Vegas cabbie who also wrote haunted werewolf books while watching a Chelsea game. I think you can learn a lot of weird stuff about people in Las (laughs) Vegas.
1: Yeah, but this is a 1 a.m. on a Monday slash Tuesday, different from a 4 a.m. Saturday slash Sunday.
0: But when you do the weekday to weekend transition, those actually work out to be about the same.
1: Fair point. Okay. All right. Either way, it's field trip time, baby, because Danny and Justin are going on location.
0: Are you ready for a montage?
1: All this scene did was make you want to go to back to Vegas right now, so fucking badly. And just it just really did walk up and down the strip. Just maybe, maybe
0: get a card from a click clack guy.
1: I'll take one off a click clacker. Like, let's just just got to get back out there. Let's go. What's it, what's it looking like these days? And I'm honestly thinking, you know what? I'm old and washed up now. Maybe I do need a Wednesday trip to Vegas. Like, maybe midweek is my speed now. I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't look so bad. They're there on a Wednesday. Everyone's having a good time. It it seems to be packed.
0: Sun's out, guns out. Let's do it. Either way, the montage comes to an end when they do, in fact, spot our click clacker. And so Danny just cuffs the thief to a random handrail. Strong and he's man. Go get him.
1: Especially because the guy was about to blow it by pointing and screaming at the guy like a fucking buffoon. I mean,
0: there he is. Hey, you guy. We're coming to find
1: you. If I'm ever anywhere and somebody starts pointing at me a lot, I am booking it. I don't care. There's there's no,
0: no way that's good. You know that you're going to get the, well, why'd you run question? It's like, because I don't know who the fuck you are, but you're pointing at me and making loud noises. It was scary. I didn't want to be there.
1: I'm going straight to a fire department or a police station or a hospital, and we could talk there if you want, but I'm not doing it somewhere on the strip. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not an option. <laughs> so they get Danny gets the guy and, and gets him on his good side by giving him 100 bucks in exchange for the $25 chip that was taken. And idiot click thinks that Danny wants him to talk about testifying against Justin. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. Let me let me just get you reoriented a little bit. Pointed in the right direction. Yeah, it's the bomb threat, you fucking idiot. That's what I'm here to talk about. And the guy's like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell you what, I know I'm up 75. Let's make it a nice round 95.
0: And I'll tell you what I know. We love and respect people who know that they are in a strong bargaining position on this show. I respect the hell out of it. And you know what? He got that 20. Here's the thing. I think he
1: undersold it. I need to see. Did. I need to because we saw Danny had a thick stack there. You need to ask for another Hundo, my man.
0: He he definitely probably could have gotten more. Definitely. Probably everybody's favorite. Yeah. You went to law
1: school to learn that one, didn't you? <laughs> yep. I think you ask for a Hundo. You're hoping for 50. You settle for 20.
0: I think that's all highly reasonable. I did also appreciate the thief in the background just going. Yeah. Good on you, bud. My dog. He knows what's
1: up. What a dick. Not as uh, much of a dick as this guy, though. Who's was like, yeah, I overheard this guy at the Bronco Burger on Harmon.
0: Looked like all those terrorist dudes you see on TV. Ugh. Little racist. Little
1: racist. It's a lot racist, and when we meet this would-be terrorist later, keep that light in mind, because I have some facts to hit you with.
0: He also mentioned that he had a sick car, which I thought was going to come up somehow and uh, uh no, it was
1: Daddy's. He was talking about Bumblebee, because they were leaned up against Bumblebee having the chat.
0: Oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it was the way the way he said it was all he looked like all those terrors you see on TV, but sick car. And I thought he was talking about the guy. But now that you say that, that does make a lot of sense. I think it's because
1: click clack artist had moved on. That was the end of what he knew. And it was my guy is constantly low-key high, if not high key, and is just on a journey of his own
0: the line read when Danny goes so what did you hear that when they said they were going to blow up the Montecito and he just stone cold says that they were going to blow up the Montecito just killed me so good
1: weirdly click clack guy also went to law
0: school what did you hear that oh okay I mean I, you, you got it already <laughs> sorry bud that was a, that was a shitty twenty dollars for you <laughs> I would say asked and answered, but
1: uh, I'm just the witness, and you just did it to yourself. So, we good? I think we're good. I actually liked when uh, Chip Thief wanted to shake his hand; how he gave him a click clack. I was like, "Nah, fuck you, take a flyer, bitch." And that's
0: going off his quota. He's yep. a double play.
1: <laughs> Sam reports of her undercover work as a secret massage shopper, and. Almost immediately blows it. No way this guy is going to finger bang her now. Heighten my experience. Tightness in the inner thighs. You're not going to want to look away. Come the (laughs) fuck on, Sam. You're the worst UC I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I would say it would be hard to tell that there's a wire on, but you're naked, so he can probably see the wire that you are metaphorically wearing.
1: He doesn't even need to deliver the you've got to tell me if you're a cop line because he knows you're a cop.
0: That being said... Sam has a history of being somewhat overly flirty in the past, so. Yeah, but this guy doesn't know that. True. I'm just saying it would not be weird if Sam was just being ultra horny to be ultra horny.
1: Which I think is what's happening. But I guess my whole mindset as someone, and you know this, I was undercover for four years. When you go under, you have to put yourself in the mindset of your cover story. You got to leave the rest of you behind and be the UC.
0: Again, I I feel like I have to keep reminding you of this. It's still not a good idea to tell people you were undercover, even when you're technically done with being undercover. You never know when you're going to have to go back undercover. No,
1: all those crime families are in jail or dead. I'm fine.
0: Ah, The problem is sometimes they get out.
1: No, 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 I'm fine. This is no big deal. No big
0: deal. I'm just saying there's an episode of our other podcast that I'm going to need you to listen back to. (laughs) Well, our other podcast
1: is How to Crime, not How to Catch Crime.
0: Step one of How to Crime if you find out one of your supposed friends was actually undercover, plot their revenge and destroy them. You don't remember episode 64?
1: I always loved it in episodes of like NCIS LA when one guy is like fucking running 12 UC aliases. And it's like, brother, I get that LA is a big town, but like, come the fuck on.
0: You keep hanging one out of here. The, one of these <laughs> is gonna double up at some point.
1: And I say this having seen a total of, I think, five NCIS LA episodes. And somehow Chris O'Donnell's character has 76 aliases, only 12 of which I saw.
0: See, I think I've only seen like seven or eight because whenever I go to my folks for dinner, it's always one of those NCIS shows on, but it was always LL Cool J undercover. <laughs> so one, I guess what I'm learning is that one of them is undercover in every episode
1: <laughs> at all times. It's like designated survivor. At some point, every one member of this cast must always be undercover.
0: The cork board in that writer's room must just be a fucking disaster.
1: No, I think there's no cork board. (laughs) Just keep firing. Yeah, it's like golf. The key to getting control of your game is learning to let go. Just like fuck it. All right. There you go. Let the big dog eat. We'll figure it out in post or not. Who cares? Not our problem. (laughs)
0: Our average age of watchers is ninety four on this show. We're good. We're not the intern that has to sort through the fan
1: mail. What do we give a shit? We don't edit the Wikipedia page. Yeah, whatever.
0: Figure out your own fan wikis, morons. God, the the Wikia for NCISL
1: has to be an absolute nightmare.
0: AKA, AKA, AKA,
1: AKA. Some of them are struck out if that person that that alias died undercover. Oh God. All the references. And you know, there's somebody who spends 60 hours a week editing this shit and moderating it. And that is all they do
0: for fun. The, and just wait for the podcast on that show in a decade that will not be done by us, but there are going to be some oh. very angry people. God. You could
1: not pay me to, well, you could, but we're talking fucking Conan O'Brien podcast money for me to wade into that cesspool. You're, you're wanting the, the live golf type offers. But hey, look, seriously. If Spotify or fucking YouTube wants to throw hundred million at us, we'll fucking pick the CBS procedural. We'll do them all. I don't give a
0: shit. I'm not doing criminal minds. It's gonna have to be two hundred and fifty mil to do criminal minds. That show is fucking <laughs> weird. Don't like fair. It. Fair.
1: That that's that's our platinum tier. The rest are gold.
0: The do- the door's open though. Correct. What were we talking about? <laughs> Sam trying to get finger blasted by the new masseuse. Yeah, that's that checks. Uh, I don't know how you didn't automatically jump back from that tangent. Our court board is
1: also pretty wild here, listeners. Uh, it's not great. Well, Sam's getting her rub down. The guys convene at Treasure Island to talk shop and Danny wants to run down the fast food joint, see if they've got the tapes. Mike says, well, shouldn't we call in the feds? Danny's all, hey, 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 click, clack,
0: guy might get spooked. He's her key witness. <laughs> And Ed hits him with the, oh, now you don't want help now. You don't want to bring in the authorities now on this. You the potential destruction people? of our home. You no, OK.
1: And I like that Ed doesn't care because now that his office is at TI, he's probably not going to get blown up.
0: Yeah, he's, he's probably got some insurance that'll kick in. I don't know. Just tell his daughter to get out of there. He's fine.
1: Uh, I mean, you can always find Nessa again. She has been getting a little uppity. So while Mike and Danny are clashing a little bit, Ed's like, look, 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 I'm going to cut the baby in half. We're doing it both ways. Get the fuck out of my office. The fucking chops on Mike to think that he's going to sit down and chill while Ed calls the feds is another example of Mike being completely out to lunch.
0: Yeah, you got to appreciate Ed being like, go do the, I don't know, rest of your job. There's other security stuff. Get the fuck out.
1: And the head of security is going off campus to, take, to run this lead down like, you're it, dude. Like, you're the guy. <laughs> what the fuck? Maitre's going to have your spot real quick here. And he can't spot a
0: chip thief when he's looking at the camera. What the fuck? You want him to be your boss? We go back to Sam finishing up her very relaxing massage in a very frustrated way because, well, Sam didn't get her happy ending. Well, that's probably
1: because Guy knew she was an employee at the Montecino, right?
0: Mm, turns out polly says no the only people he knows in the hotel are the spa staff and mary
1: well so then he stopped he stopped doing it then no more finger blasts
0: i mean there were two other very very satisfied customers from earlier this morning so uh yeah too bad for you sam now she is pissed i mean polly being the good friend that she is Offers that, you know, Polly can help her out a little bit down there if Sam needs. And Sam ponders it for a little bit, but decides. Polly will oil rub a cracker. You know what I mean? I, no, Judson, I <laughs> really don't know what you mean. Now Sam's mad. Now this is the only thing that Sam cares about today. She has no hosting duties apparently to deal with. This is the number one issue on Sam's bucket list right now. I mean, this
1: has become a personal indictment. This is not rooting out inappropriate behavior. This is wait, I'm not a hot chick. Fuck this guy.
0: Yeah, we're we're told that only hot chicks get it. And Sam is nothing if not very uh very confident in herself in all things. And
1: I'm the hottest naked girl I've ever seen. And I'm gonna say Sam has seen more than her fair share of other naked women. I'd say that
0: sounds about right.
1: Ed gets some perfunctory FaceTime from what he'll later call a junior G Man. But I had already typed in my notes that before he said anything. And this guy can't possibly be bothered to take the threat seriously. He's not going to read Ed in on any new Intel saying his security clearance has expired years ago, which is a real stretch when you consider how often the company calls on him to do shit for them. Like, i be like, hey, OK, by the way, next time you need me to merc somebody, I need you to go ahead and renew my uh, my SCI clearance real quick. OK, bud.
0: Yeah, we, we need to work on the whole quid pro quo thing that we've had going here because y'all got me out here doing fucking wet work on my own flesh and blood. So maybe maybe send somebody a little higher up the food chain.
1: It's really inconvenient when this fucking 25-year-old pimply motherfucker tells me I'm not cleared to hear about Intel that fucking idiot Marine Danny is barely getting off Yahoo News. What the hell?
0: Ah, uh, not, not so good now. Quid pro quo. Do you your back?
1: Guy blows that off in about five seconds, leading Ed to call Danny, who's already at the Bronco Burger and says, all right, all our eggs are in your basket. Get this job done for us. Bring home
0: a winner. Well, bad news, because the manager, fresh off of unclogging a toilet that usually his lowly security guard would deal with, but he quit. Weird, who would have thought? Has decided, you know, I'm actually not cool with giving you the video anymore. Y'all are coming in here. I didn't serve two tours in Nam for y'all to think somebody's a terrorist just because he happens to be of Middle Eastern descent. You fucking racists over there trying to play judge, jury, and executioner. I don't care what agency you work for. This ain't my America.
1: First of all, great impression. Secondly, while I love the manager's uh, racial sensitivity training, I think clearly somebody in the writer's room had just watched Big Lebowski the night before because this is strong Walter Fred's dying in the muck vibes.
0: God damn it, there are rules. Third, how
1: are you going to skip over the start of the scene where the aforementioned plunger just sits in the middle of the floor of the restaurant?
0: That does seem like a health code violation. That's going to knock you down to at least a C, a freshly used plunger on the dining floor. Oh my God.
1: Or at least he didn't throw it up on the table. But also apparently Bronco Burger has some great curly fries. And when Danny instantly inquires into the seasoning and gets hit with a stone cold, that's
0: proprietary. I mean, to be fair, that's how fat the fast food game works. You can't be giving away secrets like that. You get, you think Danny's gonna walk into a fucking KFC and find out what these seven herbs and spices are just cause somebody might blow up his hotel? God damn, no, he ain't. So now did Colonel Sanders also do two tours in Nam? No, he was part of the Confederate Army. <laughs> he he does not share this manager's uh, racial sensitivities.
1: Colonel Sanders fucking Kool-Aid man's to the door of the Bronco burger. He just goes and gets the date for Danny. He's like, here you go, boy.
0: Put that guy away. Cur- Colonel Sanders wouldn't have had to worry about it because that dude would not have been allowed in his restaurant in the first place.
1: Coming out of commercial, Delinda quickly ambushes her father with a request that he be one of the celebrity judges. And she's trying to butter him up. But the reality is she's up against it. She couldn't line up enough real celebs. And by the way, we'll see that the count is actually zero when we get to the end of it. There are (gasps) zero real celebs.
0: The Charo disrespect.
1: Yeah. A number one on my disrespect board. I mean, fuck Donnie. That's true. Fuck Donnie Osmond. But I at least knew who Donnie Osmond was. I had to Google who the fuck Charo was.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So Delinda's
1: banking on big ed. Like, come on, help me, Obi-Wan. I need you I need you to bat third on this. Break break any ties. And in front of a snickering mic, he agrees and then heads back to his office for the debrief from Danny. Ed, ed issues the classic upper management blanket directive of just get the tape. I don't know what the big deal is. Well, I explained the structural obstacles. I don't care. Get it done. It's it's a burger joint, Danny. Get the fucking tape. Call an artillery or an airstrike. Do what you do best, but give me that fucking tape.
0: Take the guy's plunger and hide it. Clog up the bathroom so he has to go deal with it. Tons of options here, bud.
1: Danny, have you never played any game in the Hitman series? There's at least
0: nine ways to skin this cat. Get after it. Hell, you just paid 120 bucks for somebody to tell you what you already know. I guarantee the <laughs> fly cook would go get that video for way less money. What a great
1: point. <laughs> do you think Danny tries off, ca- off camera? Does Danny try and re- get, uh, get reimbursed for that? And Ed laughs him out of his office. Like, absolutely not, you fucking idiot. 100%. Here, go take 20- $25 from the cage for making that guy whole. That's it. The other $95, you are eating. <laughs> so Danny's idea is Mike should apply for this open security guard job. Danny would do it, but the manager knows him now. So Mike gets the job, gets access to the tapes. Bang, bang,
0: boom. I mean, I think all of the ideas that we just had were way better and certainly way quicker. But this is not a terrible option, given where they're at. No,
1: Danny's hunting for one of those rare hitman achievers. Like
0: you've got to complete this story quest that you had an information bubble on.
1: Tom Sawyer, your best friend into doing this work for you. It's So much fun, though. I like that Mike was both concerned about the uniform he would have to wear and more importantly to him, what it would do to his self-esteem were he to not get that job.
0: That's how bad things are going for Mike. And Mike knows I I at least appreciate that Mike knows that he is down in the fucking mud right now. But he's like, yo, if I get rejected by the Bronco burger, the emotional tailspin that's going to set me on could be bad.
1: It's not, it's not bad enough that the entire town now knows I have a small dick. <laughs> if they hear that I got shut down by Milton, I am fucked.
0: While all this is going on, right next to them, Sam is looking around, trying to hatch a plan when she sees Norma. Oh. Norma! Uh. Once again, apologizes about the whole, you know, finger thing. And Norma says, oh, everyone's been so nice about it. Hell, I owe y'all a favor at this point. And Sam's like, really great. I'm going to cash that in right now. I've got to do this survey. And then gaslights her into some bullshit about how, oh, there's a survey, blah, blah, blah. You'd have to go get a free 60-minute massage and then answer questions about it for five minutes. And Norma, of course, bites because, yeah, that's exactly how this was going to go. She bit into that like she did a shrimp cocktail thingy. hey Luckily for her, she's going to find another finger in an inappropriate place. Hey, this time, this time a little more pleasurable, it sounds like.
1: Oh, in her vagina.
0: Yeah. It, and a still membered finger at that point. I mean, I would think finding a dismembered finger in your vagina would be worse than finding it in your mouth. But I without without having said part, I can't really answer that question.
1: It's been a while. I think we have our Twitter poll of the week, though. <laughs> Gotta have to run it by our social oh, media manager, but man. I think We're you know gonna, I'm
0: right. We might we might have to have a conversation about that, but fuck, that's the wording on that's gonna be tricky to uh get by on. <laughs> we try to at least keep the uh the social media accounts somewhat family friendly.
1: I mean, you know, you can use a bunch of euphemisms. I, and also, we, why? Why do we do that? <laughs> if you come across our social media account. The goal is to come now to our podcast and then what? Listen for the first four minutes and fucking have to burn your eardrums with acid. Like,
0: I mean, you know, you're already there. You're already you already click play. Maybe you're enjoying yourself and you let it you let it work a little blue.
1: You run right through the explicit tag. Stop right. Stop light, Just say, fuck it. They seem like such nice, good Christian boys on their Twitter account. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to work out well for me.
0: Family, gather round. I just heard of this brand new internet radio show that we should all listen to together. Come on, little Timmy.
1: Yeah, let me check our, uh, our demographics for hits in Salt Lake City and the Bible Belt. I'll let you know if we need to be worried about this.
0: I, I hope they're low. Fuck Salt Lake City. Why can't you see what you're doing to me? Or what you're doing to me? So Mike goes to interview for the burger job. And, and Judson, here's where I have a question. The first question that Mike gets is, what is MIT? And we do that whole bit, and the guy asks if that's like DeVry, and Mike responds with, yeah, it's like DeVry. So he at least had his real education on this allegedly fake resume to get this job. Did he keep on their secure valet and then security at the Montecito Resort and Casino? so so
1: so stupid and he showed up in his goddamn lexus like it but for mike sam would have been the worst undercover on the episode but she's been dethroned and it hasn't even taken 10 minutes not deflowered mind you but dethroned and yeah i mean what is he using his real name his real address like what the fuck mike i'm surprised milton's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're that small dick guy i heard
0: about (laughs) <laughs> I just told your buddy, fuck off. I will at least give Mike credit that when the manager goes, so why are you looking for a $5 an hour job when you just pulled up in a brand new Lexus? Mike at least very quickly comes up with, well, I've always been interested in the food service industry. Figure you got to start somewhere. And the guy buys it. But Mikey, buddy, where's where's the stealth game?
1: Unforced error. He needed a fake resume. Even if he had to use his real name. Because, you know, a guy wants to see a driver's license or social or whatever. But he needed a completely doctored resume and he needed to take a cab or somebody drop
0: him off and tell him he took a bus. Or just don't park right by the fucking door. Walk yeah, I mean, seven steps, bud.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly don't park. If you get there and you realize, shit, I pulled up in my own car, park around in the side or something. But ideally, not show up in the Lexus to begin with. Yeah. Very quickly, Mary's hosting the media event for the cook off, which we. Can see in the background is being called Range Wars, which I loved as a GST based homage to the race bracket car wars of Fast and Furious. But it was very funny to me. It was a little little nod and a wink from the set decorators there, I thought.
0: The, uh, and this press conference scene was great. Gunther came out with fucking bars on Wolfgang. It's
1: stylized after like a boxing or MMA precedent, but it's a bunch of people politely laughing and clapping. At a couple of old white guys that are poking at each other, and I'm like, "What the fuck? This is like the saddest media event of all time,
0: but also the best. Like, if you're gonna do something like this, you have to go with the like full Las Vegas boxing bullshit. Like, do the whole fucking nine. It was great. I love this scene.
1: How do they not have them stand like forehead to forehead with fake like chefs' knives or or even just spatulas?" You know, it has to be fake because Gunther would have stabbed Wolfgang if given an actual knife and opportunity. Oh, yeah.
0: Gu- Gunther always oh, at the ready. But the, uh, when he started hitting him with lines, I was just clapping in my seat laughing. I loved it. Mike
1: is working the dinner rush at Bronco Burger, and he's waiting for his opportunity to get into the security office, I guess. Maybe it's that he wanted to get in there undetected. I don't know. But first, he's got to put out a few fires that we see, and at least one that we don't. An improperly made stampede with cheese. Can you imagine the horror? And look, I'm I'm with this guy. Grilled onions, great. Raw onions, terrible. That's a huge fuck up. Like that entire m- burger has to be remade.
0: Don't don't tell them it's grilled if it's not gonna be grilled.
1: A dispute over line jumping that Mike resolves by letting the alleged line jumper keep his spot and giving the woman who's claiming that she was jumped twenty bucks. So she comes out the big winner on that one. I was to
0: say, great trade down.
1: And later he'll talk to the major and say he dealt with an expired discount punch card. And I, I kind of want to know how, because Mike seems like he's a decent problem solver here. He's only been on the job one day and he already recognized a Stampede burger when it was open in front of him. Mike, low key, a lot better at this job than he is his Montecito job.
0: I was going to say, arguably his success rate at the Bronco burger considerably higher than it is with the Montecito security department.
1: Frankly, he's lucky to be alive. I mean, he got thrown to the deep end first day and and pulled it off. But he manages to snag the tape just before going off ship. and gets a a real nice pep talk from Milton on his way out. The manager, who seems to genuinely love his work, but also expects others will as well. So I guess great middle manager?
0: Question mark. I did also appreciate that Mike got to the door but waited to open the door until after he called Danny and not particularly quietly said, Hey, Danny, you know, guy who was just in here two days ago looking for a tape that y'all didn't want to give him. I got the tape. See you soon. Smooch. Bye. And then walk out the door.
1: Well, yeah, because then at that point he was back to doing his Montecito job, which he's famously
0: bad at. I just yeah, I, take one more step, my guy. The dude you are lying to is four steps away from you. Take three or four steps, maybe get
1: in that nice new Lexus of yours. I don't know. I don't know. We had options. Oh, Mikey. Um, just as inexplicable, we come out of commercials to it being Thursday morning in Big Ed's office where they note the clock is ticking. It's only a bomb threat, so I can understand why they would wait overnight until morning instead of looking at the tape right when Mike got it.
0: I mean, they were sleepy. Mike had a long shift. His food workers union rules say that after eight hours, no more.
1: So, so drop the tape off. Let let Danny run with it now for a little bit. Danny take a nap on Ed's couch while he wakes for. It. Danny's got his own napping couch now.
0: Like what the fuck? We well, that, I think I think Mike got the couch in the trade. So,
1: well, yeah, but when Mike's at uh at Bronco Burger, Danny will play. <laughs> Danny was smashing curly fries on that couch while Mike was working a shift. They did look like very tasty curly fries. I really want some curly fries now.
0: Good news. We remembered that we have Video IQ. So we Video IQ the guy that we see in the tape behind our Click Clack friend from earlier. And we get a match for a gentleman named Farouk Nahim, an Egyptian national who is living in Henderson.
1: Remember earlier when Click Clack guy said he looked like all the terrorists on TV? I do. Well, the actor who plays Farouk came to rise as an actor after 9-11 as the guy you cast when you either want a terrorist or a guy who the audience will immediately think is a terrorist. He had roles on JAG, The West Wing, The Unit, some TV movies I'd never heard of, namely Saving Jessica Lynch and Homeland Security, and would go on to have recurring roles on 24 and Homeland.
0: I was going to say, I recognized him from 24. Our boy has been
1: brutally typecast. Yeah... And his ID yeah. page, like his his non-named roles are terrorist one, terrorist three. It's God almighty. It's just it's a real indictment of post-9-11 America on one fucking web page.
0: It's really bad. The the entertainment industry saw a, a direction to go and they uh, oh. they hit it hard.
1: Yeah, no shit. So Danny and Ed are gonna run down Farouk while Mike returns the tape. Before anyone noticed, it's missing and, you know, serves notice. There's a lot of fun banter here, but Mike actually feels bad for the manager. He's like, hey, I'm going to quit a day after being hired. Dick move on my part,
0: which good on him for acknowledging it. It it is. And, and you know, he's never going to work in fast food in this town again. God damn it. (laughs) You don't sully a fine institution like the Bronco Burger without repercussions. Do you know who my friends are? I have friends at Burger King. I will ruin you. Your next whopper, no sesame seeds, motherfucker.
1: A nameless line cook finds Delinda to report that there's a problem in the kitchen. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Benito! Random lettuce flies at the wall. The Linda tries to make her way into the kitchen, but it's a oh, random banana pepper chucked at her forehead. Thought it was a tomato. Could it might have been a pepper, though. There, there were a lot of vegetables flying. We had at least five different vegetables hit that wall.
1: We were just this this close to being back in the medieval stocks.
0: Much fresher these days, though, which is nice.
1: All that all that good, good GMOs flying through the air.
0: Delinda's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, and Gunther says, he he's trying to stop me. He, he wants me to fail. Delinda looks around and sees nobody in the kitchen except for Gunther and says, Gunther, who are you talking about? Gunther then pulls the knife and says, him, right there, Benito. Once again, lending credence to our theory that Benito does not actually exist. Other than that time that Sam flashed Benito,
1: we have no... We have no data points that he's real and a lot to suggest he is not.
0: I am standing firm on my Benito does not actually exist stance.
1: This might be the ultimate thing we need to get from GST. Is Benito real? Is Benito real?
0: real? I I think it's I think it's really the most important thing we could ask him. Currently, he's Schrodinger's sous chef. Delinda is able to calm Gunther down and remind him, hey, the show is in a couple hours. Wolfgang's in there cooking his ass off. It's time for you to get to cooking. And Gunther, after some more light sexual harassment, realizes, yes, Delinda, thank you. You're right. Let's get another montage. Two
1: in one episode. We're going to get spoiled.
0: And this was a hell of a montage. We got the dueling cooking between Wolfgang and Gunther, and they they were whipping up some tastiness for the kids.
1: I loved that it was just a tale of two chefs. I mean, they could not have been doing things more differently if they tried.
0: Oh, Wolfgang calm and relaxed. Enjoying a nice glass of wine. Enjoying the process. Gunther looking like just a fucking stark, raving, mad animal. Throwing shit around, going crazy. Looking like he's gotten through eight rounds of boxing fight. He was he was struggling.
1: It looked like it would have been incredibly fun to be the actor. Harry, who who plays Gunther, and they're just like, uh, well, it says in the script, go fucking psychotic in a kitchen on it. Yes, sir. You want me to eat raw meat? I can do that. I can lick my fingers after touching what appears to be ground beef. Yes. Uh
0: I don't have have to clean any of this shit up. I just get to throw ingredients around like I'm in a a fucking Disney movie. Great. Let's go.
1: Uh, You know, I don't know what it's like to be a a working actor or, or an actor of any kind. But I feel like if your agent calls and they're like, here's the role, uh, it's going to be a recurring thing, you know, once or twice a year, maybe uh, you're going to get to play. You're going to be a little easy, your character, but it does mean you get to hit on a bunch of really hot women and occasionally, you know, touch them inappropriately. And a, and a few times you get to absolutely lose your shit in the kitchen and start throwing food everywhere. I'm in. I don't need to read the script. I'm like, yeah, book it.
0: That, that all sounds very fun.
1: I, do I have to read for it? Fine. Yes, absolutely. I don't care. I'm in.
0: Gunther does well for himself.
1: Benito! Sam finds an exceptionally content Norma at the bar. Turns out it's her first massage. She had no idea what to expect, but boy, did she get finger banged and she loved it.
0: Yeah, she. she it was a really, with like eight L's and 27 Y's, great massage. But yeah, Norma. Norma got that special treatment. And Sam obviously gets angrier and angrier, almost like, hey, I'm not bad. You don't need to worry about it. I, it was great. I enjoyed it. In fact, could you like get me his number? Because that, that was a really good time. And she's
1: saying that to Sam's back as she has stormed off furious.
0: Speaking of storming off, Mike goes back to the Bronco burger to quit on his job because, well, he had applied for Applebee's, and that finally came through. So surely the manager understands, and and he does. It's a quality food establishment, as he says.
1: I mean, Mike's Mike's just you know moving up in the world, getting a little fancy with himself.
0: But but good guy Mike is gonna point right out the door. He's got he's got a replacement all lined up for him. Your boy he's got Kiana
1: Reeves sitting outside in the parking lot.
0: No, no, no. It's, it's our old friend Scully. He's brought Lyle and says, hey, this is your guy. And Lyle hits him with a terrible food pun that the manager just loves. Match made in heaven. Everybody goes home happy. I'd certainly relish the opportunity, sir. And if you don't like relish, I'd catch up the opportunity.
1: Add and Danny do a casual b and on Farouk's place. Find a picture of the Montecito posted on the inside of a wall panel that does suspiciously look like a plan to blow up the casino.
0: The The first one, it's just like, okay, it's weird that you have a picture of the Montecito there. The second overhead shot of the Montecito with four pins in it at potentially structurally unsound locations for something to explode is a little more suspicious. They check
1: with the landlord, who points them in the direction of his buddy's place, which appears to be like a self-serve car wash, where they find fertilizer with ammonium nitrate in it, and some diesel fuel, which we know from pop culture when you put together. With this, Ed gets back on the horn with the FBI to discuss an urgent matter.
0: We come out of commercial and and we've got a sort of mini montage of sorts, but Ed's directing big collars, Danny's directing big collars, Ed's talking to the Fed, and we think we've got everybody sorted out when lo and behold... Farouk shows up in a very shady looking van with no windows that also pop culture has taught us that nothing good happens when a van of this kind is around.
1: It does not. Farouk opens the back, gets shoved face first in some fertilizer by our dynamic duo of Mike and Danny, but then immediately backroom him. Problem is that Farouk, as it turns out, is just a landscaper and he was here for a job interview.
0: Yeah, he, he Hector told him to come on by whenever he gets a chance. Maybe we can interview him about a job. The guys, not satisfied, said, okay, were you at the Bronco Burger on Monday? Yeah, I was with my brother. I told him how I was going to show up at the Montecito so they didn't forget about me, and I was able to talk to Hector. And the guys start to realize, uh-oh, this, this might not be going where we want it to go. And at the same time,
1: Farouk realizes what's going on and goes ahead and explains a little bit about where his situation is.
0: Yeah, Farouk goes ahead and lays into him with, uh, look, I came to this country because I thought everyone was supposed to be treated the same. And yet everywhere I go, I get treated like a terrorist because this is how I look. What the f- how dare you? Farouk's
1: just learning about what it's like to be a parent of teenage kids. It's not about what I say, it's what I do. (laughs)
0: gotta walk before you can crawl first then danny says well we're gonna look into this some more and and they walk out and we get the most knockoff 24 music i've ever heard this show use <laughs> to really i i actually had it in my notes so i was sad that you brought up the 24 connection earlier because it was straight out of the show
1: sam confronts travis about why she wasn't finger banged and a little bit of a booking a massage sting operation of sorts. And he says, yeah, uh, I definitely do finger bang women, but not you because your chakras were negative and that turned me off.
0: Well, Judson, everyone knows that if you don't have positive chakras, you can't en- you can't enjoy the joint explosion of pleasure or whatever terrible way he described an orgasm. Honestly,
1: I don't know how Sam's ever going to have sex again. Having heard that, like... That's probably just ruined her orgasms for forever.
0: The good news is Deshaun Watson's defense team got a new idea for what to use in one of their 27 upcoming <laughs> civil suits. The shockers are just so positive. It's, it's crazy. It's not my fault my shockers are so positive.
1: Well, Goddamn, General Ruckin, what you gonna do with all them worms? Keep up. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Withdrawn. They checked out Farouk's story and yeah, whoops, he was in fact telling the truth. There was no plot to blow up the Montecito. And Big egg gets involved in the oops, we did a bad thing PR cover up, which is great because after the last couple of weeks, he's very well practiced at this. And they've instructed Hector to hire Farouk with no consideration about whether or not he's qualified. And, you know, hey, if you still want to work here, we'd love to have you. And that's great and all. I would have liked to have heard them say, though, and hey, if you don't want to, which we would totally understand. We'll use our connections to get you a gig at a different property on the strip. Like a little bit of, a, you know, hey, we fucked up. If you want this, we want you to have it. And if you don't, we still want to do right by you.
0: They, they did also kick in, you know, hey, you can stay with us for a couple weeks. Full comp, which yeah, solid. but the guy has an apartment in town already. It's like not. I mean, hey, you get full comp at the Montecito for a couple weeks. Like that's a that's a fucking staycation right there, my man.
1: For sure, but it's not like our guy's gonna be able to Airbnb his shitty apartment. Like he's still gonna be paying rent and whatnot.
0: Yeah, but he's it's it's something. That being it's said, it's the experience. He should have gotten way more he he full he he takes this offer far too happily for the indignities that he was just subjected to.
1: Our boy needed a cash signing bonus.
0: Yeah, I mean Danny's handing out money like crazy. You could have gotten some more out of this.
1: Sam goes to Mary because she's gonna dime out Travis because she's a fucking narc. I hate Sam. It says she took not, liberties with her. No, 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 no,
0: She's not diming him out because she's a fucking narc. She's diming him out because she did not get a happy ending. And if she's not happy, nobody's happy, damn it. But she lies.
1: She says that Travis took liberties with her. And I'll be using the drop here.
0: He might as well have been my gynecologist.
1: But also, she dimes out Norma. Norma's taking strays. She didn't do anything. Says, yeah, finger banged Norma. Would you believe that? And Mary's like, well, look, I'd love to fire him, but I can't. He quit due to all the negative chakras.
0: What a what an exit interview answer.
1: And Mary has correctly diagnosed this guy as a fucking lunatic.
0: Sam, I guess, set, gets to uh, keep her dignity intact as far as Mary goes. But this this one's going to sting a little bit.
1: At the same time, Norma runs up and's like, yo, you can keep my shit quiet, right? You haven't told anyone. And Sam's like, yeah, absolutely. I haven't told anyone and I'll definitely keep your secret. Or Wink. War. <laughs> War. Ed, it's time to judge the cooking competition. Cook off range wars. So Mary starts with Charo, who, like I said earlier, I was no awareness of.
0: I don't know why I know who Charo is, but I feel like I've always known who Charo is. She's just been in the zeitgeist as the weird, zany Spanish lady.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that is as far as I could tell what what she's about. And she loves Gunther's dish. Can't get enough of it. It it zhuzhed up her tits or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, they got it in one.
1: Danny Osmond, who I am aware of, but I dislike, doesn't care for Gunther's meat preparation and tells him so, leading to a vociferous disagreement from Gunther.
0: Gunther about ready to come over the table on old Donnie here, which I would have enjoyed watching. Tiebreaker, though,
1: big Ed. Like the food, but the fact that Gunther had shot his own resource all over everything was a bit overkill for Ed. And the winner of the meal to seal the deal is predictably Wolfgang Puck.
0: Gunther immediately says, nah, fuck this. This is fixed. How much you pay him, huh? You get your Hollywood buddies to to canoodle? You trying to, did you, you screw me, Gunther? No. And he's, he's about ready to actually fight, which Ed, thankfully, able to. To break him up. Wolfgang. Yeah, hits but him. not before Monster Puck comes back with some barbs of his own. Yeah, Wolfgang hitting him with the. I uh, I didn't pay them. They tried to pay me to eat your shitty ass food was ooh, Wolfgang. And then the at least I have friends. That one cut a little close. That was yeah, that personal. was a personal attack.
1: The episodes. Denouement. Danny and Mike are escorting the chip thief out who they're cutting loose despite the fact that. He didn't actually have any actionable intelligence, probably because they're trying to manage the PR crisis and don't want him running his mouth at the Metro PD station about how they ran their own investigation that resulted in them racially profiling an innocent guy who was trying to get a job from them. And also
0: with a tad bit of assault thrown in.
1: Yeah, but uh, Chip Thief is definitely 86 and he and his negative chakras cannot return to the CEDO.
0: Good news, though. Lyle's back, and with him, a cuffed friend. Turns out the guy from Mike's Flyer, well, he wanted one of them Peters, and waltzed right into the Bronco Burger on Lyle's watch. So Lyle, not wanting to let him get away, handcuffed them both together. Which I don't feel like fast food security guards would have handcuffs, but Lyle probably brought his own. Bad is, though, lost the key.
1: And I got a question for you. Yes. How do you think Lyle got this? Bolo guy back to the Montecito, handcuffed to him.
0: Uh, really uncomfortable car ride. How? Talk me through the logistics. Uh, I guess I guess a cab ride would probably be easier. You both get in the back seat. Uh huh. The cab driver's not going to notice that. Well, I mean, he's clearly on duty as a licensed burger law man. I'm just saying, it's it's Vegas, dude. Vegas cabbies ain't asking shit. Somebody said something, and the fact that this guy was
1: carrying on a Mike Cannon autographed bolo, that shit gonna come home to roost in a big old way. <laughs> There's no no way the Montecito basically unleashing vigilantes throughout Vegas is escaping the attention of Norm Clark, the gossip columnist.
0: He was deputized by that burgers places plunger that had freshly unclogged a dookie from the women's restroom and therefore in front of the big bronco the lord and everybody carried out his sworn duties (laughs) did colonel sanders in fact buy the bronco burger i don't know but it really did start drifting that way toward the end
1: and when you're deputized to work at the bronco burger do you kneel and get knighted by the plunger uh yes you do So he's actively got Dookie in his hair. Correct. I hate our show. (laughs) Go
0: away, boy, you bother me. I got work to do.
1: Gunther swings by Treasure Island to tender his resignation to Big Ed. He's been humiliated by losing the cook-off. He's sold his shares in the restaurant, which I didn't know was a thing that he had, to Charo, who walks into Ed's office in a huff for reasons?
0: She seems very upset. I'm, I'm really not sure what her direction was in this, or if Charo was just going off on Charo's own bit, and she decided she was going to play this mad. James Conn's like, what the fuck?
1: Wait, her character just bought a restaurant. Why is she pissed? And they're like, Jim, you just got to run with
0: it. We can't do it. It's Charo. She, she only understands about half of what we're saying. Just go with it.
1: You worked with Brando. You understand. Just wide berth. <laughs> yes. Let's move on.
0: No, equal thespians, Marlon Brando and Charo.
1: Yeah, I rest <laughs> my case, your honor.
0: I mean, I I already know the answer to this question. What have you seen more people in? Marlon Brando or Charo?
1: Wait, oh, like what?
0: Which movies have I seen? Yes. Whose who's filmography have you seen more of?
1: I was not aware that Charo was a thing until this episode. So, Marlon Brando.
0: I honestly was expecting the that to go 1-0 Charo. You don't think I've seen The Godfather? You've surprised me in many times, in many ways. Come on. Come on, sir. Let, let's put it this way. Now you're imputing my character. I, I would not be shocked if you told me you had not seen The Godfather. I think we've even talked about this on this podcast. Not too long ago. We've talked about a lot of things on this podcast, Judson.
1: But I mean, like within the last few episodes, because we talked about how the third one I haven't seen, which doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, if you're expecting me to remember everything we've talked about on this podcast, that's a that's a fool's errand. And if you're expecting
1: me to remember Charo beyond the end of this record, also a fool's errand.
0: I am not. How did you come up with Coochie Coochie Girl? Who came up with that? Me. How did it happen? No,
1: no, me. No, no, no. I have, ha, you have time? I have a dog. Lastly, the FBI heel has summoned our principals into the conference room to give them a bit of a tongue lashing. He's going to let this one go, but admonishes them next time to both leave the beer out of it and not to cowboy up. So in other words, don't listen to the TSA. If you see something, say nothing.
0: And Ed's going to just short circuit this by putting the motherfucker up on the wall.
1: How much time and effort does this guy spend back at the Vegas field office trying to get someone to take Big Ed's assault seriously? Hours? And days?
0: I, I'd say hours. After he gets laughed out of the fourth higher-ups office, the, the second that he mentions Ed DeLine's name, I think he gives it up. But, like, he's stewing about it.
1: What's his nickname in the office now? Little Ed or Montecito? Montecito. They call him Monty to really just piss him off?
0: Yeah, they, they wouldn't disrespect Ed by trying to put it on him. But we end with Ed, quite proud of his joke that he got off when he literally chucked this young fed out. And with that, Judson, we end yet another lovely episode of the hit NBC television show, Las Vegas.
1: Well, the question is, did you like this episode of the hit NBC television show, Las
0: Vegas? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, I I think I liked every part of this one, actually. There was no, none of the side plots hit the wrong way. They were all kind of quick enough that they didn't overstay their welcome and were amusing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sad that we didn't see Jamie Presley, hear how her new condo at the Montecito was going, continue the obvious love affair. We're about to start up with Danny. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. How about you?
1: I agree. I thought it was a very fun episode. You know, anytime we dip into post 9-11 racial profiling of terrorists, it makes her some tough medicine to take. But it's important to note that the characters handled it poorly, not the show.
0: Yeah, the the show was actually trying to send the correct message of, yo, just because a brown person looks a little shady doesn't mean they're a terrorist. Quit being racist.
1: Yeah, and this was only, you know, four and a half years after 9-11. So this was, again, another example, I think, of Las Las Vegas being fairly progressive for its time. uh, And I liked the episode. What I didn't like was most of the players at her poker table. Mm. Let's talk about the chip lead. Current situation, Mary's. Having flip-flopped with Danny once again is sitting on the chip lead. Second place, Delinda. Then Danny, Sam, Ed, and, and basically losing contact with the Peloton is Mike in last place. He's, he's got
0: a chip in a chair.
1: You got any changes for me?
0: Um, you know, Mary didn't really do much of anything. And I think Delinda had another good episode. This was actually a great idea that Delinda had with Gunther and Wolfgang. Obviously went well. She was able to easily browbeat Ed into doing exactly what she wanted because she's daddy's little girl and very good at what she does. The event seemed to be a hit. And while Gunther sold his shares in the restaurant, he was clearly second fiddle anyway. And I don't think she'll be all that sad he's gone. So I think D could have an argument for taking the throne.
1: I could not disagree with you more. I think this was a catastrophic episode for Delinda. Really? She went into it, into this whole plan with the idea of propping up Gunther, you know, all rising tide, lifting all boats, everyone at the Montecito food and beverage Emporium doing well. She couldn't line up any serious celebrities to judge this thing. The press of it was sparsely attended and kind of embarrassing. Like you had to love the cringe comedy.
0: I I feel like the press event was as well attended as something like that is going to be. I mean, those... All, that's fair. All the seats were filled, and I I enjoyed it. I, I'm not going to hit her with the press event.
1: But by the end of the day, she has lost one of her restaurants. And I don't know the effect of Gunther leaving and selling his shares to a fucking flamenco singer is, but this is no way this is a good day for Delinda.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, I, I
1: have... Everyone taking losses except Mary and kind of I just want to shift everyone down, like keep the order. But basically, like Mary's just she's not playing spectacular poker, but she's, you know, picking up blinds and small plots and small pots and, you know, solid play. She had a fine day. Everyone else was just.
0: Yeah, there's there are no other wins to be found throughout the cast. So. Uh, and I, I can't
1: imagine on the heels of the buffet incident that news that Gunther's leaving the Montecito is going to make
0: for that's a positive. Yeah, no, that's you make a good point. That's that's fair. I will uh, I will withdraw my argument and we can, uh, I think, keep it as is.
1: So for the first back to back here in a little while, congratulations, Mary. You've retained the chip lead and put a little breathing room between you and second place.
0: Good job. Uh okay, well I I couldn't sell you on a chip lead change and I think that's fair. But I do think we have an argument for somebody that did Vegas pretty well this week. Really? Yeah. I think uh while I'm certainly not much of a fan of the character, I think Norma's playing Vegas pretty well. She still seems to be having a great time at the Montecito. I'm guessing still there. On their dime, given the whole, you know, finger thing, which she seems to be pretty over based on the conversation with Sam. Wait, which finger thing? The the edible finger in her mouth, detached. Okay, I was going to say, any finger's edible if you try hard enough. The detached finger. Uh, she seemed to much more enjoy both the free massage and the other finger thing that happened. So she seems to be enjoying herself. I think she played this episode... She played Vegas pretty well.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean that's hard to argue with. I, I do like that she's just sort of flittering through the casino and basically everything's other than the eating of the detached finger. Everything just pretty much keeps coming up aces for Norma. I her her
0: batting average is very high.
1: How often do you think she just sees Eddie and laughs, points and laughs? Every her so mind. Time. It's, it's still so funny. Like four, like, four times. For that time hunt.
0: you wouldn't fuck me. <laughs> Idiot. You, you thought I wanted to fuck you even though I knew you never wanted to have sex with me ever. You idiot. Fucking Rube. What the fuck? God, it still makes no sense to me at all.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Norma is uh, is doing Vegas exceptionally well. She is, at least in this episode, a beacon that we could all aspire to to more closely emulate.
0: Good on you, Norms. Whip it
1: out. Edits. it's the end of the episode and you haven't set us straight about anything you got any advice for the audience
0: well judson it's it's very simple if you want a happy ending you got to keep those chakras positive
1: now this might be your least actionable advice unless you could tell me how does one take negative chakras and turn them into positive chakras
0: well judson everyone's journey with their chakras is is a a unique and special journey that that only they can understand and so you don't know I know how to make my chakras positive if I need to, but I mean, come on. We all know my chakras stay positive 24-7, baby.
1: You've not once had negative chakras? I mean, there was one time. Just to see what it was like?
0: You're like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's give it a go? And you know what? Didn't love it, so we we popped those babies back positive real quick.
1: Do you want to share with the audience how you get your chakras in the right place?
0: No, that's, that's like when you blow out a candle and make a wish. If you say it out loud, it fucks with it. And then you invert your chakras, and you never want to invert your chakras. Everyone knows that, though. Now, that's not even advice. That's just, that's just common knowledge. That's proprietary.
1: Well, other than the massage, Sam had the week off. There were, there were no hosts. or uh, Sorry, there were no guests for her to host. Any chance Big Willie showed up next time to put her through the paces?
0: Well, I don't think so, Judson. But next time on Pod at the Montecito, like a virgin. Appearances can be deceiving Every morning That's a different song Appearances can be deceiving as Mary sets up a wedding for a high roller Ed and Danny come across some very unusual card counters And Mike follows a woman attending a born-again virgins conference
1: I do not like that last part Not even one bit That last part
0: is gonna get real creepy If I recall correctly
1: Oh goddammit Mike
0: He's fallen so far. It's just absolutely mind boggling. I mean, we're, we're coming around third on this season. We, we can see the end in sight. And, you know, we have a couple of mainstays on the, the retrospective episode. I don't even think we need to discuss the, uh, the worst character of the season. I think, it's, uh, I think that one's been wrapped up for a while now.
1: I mean, unless Mike literally cures cancer in the next five or six episodes, doesn't have a prayer and even then it might be a, a contest it, like it needs to, it needs to be like a, a big popular cancer it can't be like some small fucking like rarely hurt him he's got to like <laughs> Ga-
0: we need like gallbladder cancer is not going to get it
1: no we need like pancreas breast cancer prostate like one of the
0: big three here. there's got to be a ribbon
1: <laughs> if there's no fucking uh do they have like tele- on drives anymore is that a thing they still do
0: I think so. All
1: right, Mike, if you don't cure something that's got a telethon, you're fucking out. Got a handful of episodes left. See what you can do.
0: Let's let's put that MIT education to work.
1: More like MIA education. Got him. Roasted. Send us home. <sighs> oh, thank you, everyone, who has joined us again on one of our dumb adventures. Uh, hopefully you were not so turned off by the retching sounds last week that you decided to give us another shot. I, I promise there will not be one. Uh, there will be something in the blue for real. That that much I can tell you. But there will not be another Danny Wretched sound unless. Unless. Also, thank you to all the musicians who continue to not sue us for use of their songs. They're great. They add a little ambiance to our show. You know, just a little sousent of of uh, joy. Really appreciate that. If you appreciate us or for some reason, just tolerate us. Leave us a five-star review somewhere. Helps people find out about it. You can also just tell them about it. But honestly, if you've gotten this far and you haven't told people in your life that you know, watch the show about us, you're kind of a dick. So (laughs) like, there's probably nothing we can say here. The back part is ever gonna change your mind. So whatever, going about your life. Engage with us on Twitter at MontecitoPod. Use the hashtag Las Vegas 4 peacock while you're there, get at Peacock. Tell them, hey, my boy Eddie Max about to, to buy some DVDs. You're not going to get a piece of that cheddar. Throw your shit on the platform. Save him a couple bucks. Make yourself a couple bucks. Just leave James a shirt out of it. Email us at pod at the Montecito at gmail.com. Eddie, help him out.
0: First one, letters. Second one, curlier.
1: And until next time, I've been John. He's been Ed. And this has been Pod at the Montecito.
0: This is. welcome to i didn't like that that was pretty (laughs) hot like that's like when you do a karaoke song and you start too high and you realize you're really fucked on the key change later in the song
1: yep i got i got a little nod from the guy working the dj thing he's like "Eh, let's let's retrench bud